You're listening to the Big House Bleachers Podcast. Welcome to the Big House Bleachers Podcast. I'm Michael Smeltzer, and I am here with Matt Hartwell. And we've got a lot of fun stuff to discuss today. We've got uh, football players committing to Michigan. We've got basketball players transferring to Michigan. We've got basketball players leaving and transferring Michigan and declaring for the NBA draft. And we've got spring football to talk about. So um, the way we're going to do this for our listeners, our, our spring football kind of unpacking what we saw in the spring football game um, we're going to get some initial reactions and run through some of our most popular segments on the show today and and uh, really get initial reactions on the game. And then next week, we're going to dive deeper into uh, position group analysis and some depth chart projections based on what we've seen uh, this spring. But before we get to that chilly, windy, rainy game in Ann Arbor, let's talk a little bit about Jaden Davis the number one quarterback in the country, committing to the University of Michigan. Uh, by the way, guys, I know he's not ranked number one on all the recruiting sites, but now that he's committed to Michigan, I'm just going to refer to him as the number one quarterback in the country. Matt Hartwell, how are you and how are you feeling about Jaden Davis? Man, I'm just, uh, I'm feeling so good, Mike. And you know, it's just, it represents a turning of the tide, kind of, so to speak, uh, because it wasn't so long ago where Michigan fans were losing out on these big time commitments on air on Sports Center, uh, especially when teams like like Ohio State were uh, were also there on on the table from the recruits to choose from. So just to get that recruit, uh, obviously it was very much expected. Uh, all crystal balls were in favor of of Michigan, so no uh, groundbreaking shocker. But still, just an incredibly uh, epic moment for him to choose Michigan in that moment. He looks like uh, a great kid, very emotional during his statement. So super excited to see what he does in Ann Arbor. Yeah, and even though it was uh, quote-unquote expected, as you say, don't lie. Your heart was beating out of your chest the moment before he put that Michigan hat on. If you're anything like me, so... I was actually on my way to Ann Arbor, um, and and I, for those of you that don't know, I don't live in Ann Arbor, so I had to hop on a plane and and get out there for the spring game. And my my plane was boarding uh, while the announcement was going on, and I'm sitting there on my phone, and and of course they're doing the the you know Sports Center Bobby Hurley like whatever, and and I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to go into airplane mode soon. Like let's. I even had a little meme graphic uh, ready to go if he committed. And I'm like, tr I'm trying to get all this stuff on. And, and then, uh, you know, he said University of Michigan. And, and I was just like, let's go. Because I think I speak for most of Michigan Nation when I say this is representative of the state of the program, right? We've got JJ, who's a five-star quarterback who I fully expect to uh, br break the passing touchdowns record this year and uh him passing the torch to another five star and then the number one quarterback in the country in the 2025 class happens to live in our backyard in the state of michigan um this could be representative of 
many, many great things to come. So very big commitment for the football team. And then speaking of the football team, we had ourselves a little spring game. And so we're still a few months away from uh, getting to see them play uh, a truly competitive game with a packed house in, in the big house. But um, spring football is about as good as it gets this time of year for us. And so we've got plenty to talk about. Um, let's go ahead and run through just all of our all of our kind of segments that we weave into this show. And I'd like to start this show with a good old-fashioned Donovan Edwards. Sheesh! So, Matt, I'm going to pass it off to you first. Um, what player or players had you saying Sheesh! at the spring football game? And boy, Mike, am I uh, grateful for the return, even if it's just temporarily, of the sheesh. Uh, and of course, all the usual segments, you know, for those that aren't usual listeners, it's difficult for us to continue to find things to say sheesh about in the off season where there's not a ton of exciting things happening. So uh, this week, my sheesh is going to go to uh, big mountain man, Kenny Grant, blowing up the middle, uh, putting some great stuff on tape, uh, just made Gentry look like a poor little uh, poor little baby boy there, putting him on his back. Uh, almost put JJ on his back accidentally, but uh, just to see uh, see Kenneth Grant charge up through the middle like that, I mean, it gave me a, a tremendous breath of fresh air, especially after losing uh, Mozzie Smith. So to me, that's what had me saying sheesh this week. Kenneth Grant, number one overall draft pick in the spring game. You get a good old-fashioned Matt Hartwell. Sheesh! Well, I tell you what, I've got a few players to choose from. But since, since we're going to uh, talk about several of these guys in some other segments, I, because these were like some top performers, I, just, I know that their names are going to come up later. So I'm not, I'm not going to waste a sheesh on them yet. But there was one guy that when I was watching in person, um, I'll admit when I saw him, I, I, it, like in that first instance, I didn't know who I was looking at. You know, it's, it's spring. A lot of these younger guys, you don't really know their numbers yet. You're not familiarized with them. So this guy is a sophomore, um, but we didn't get to see much of him last year. And I immediately, um, in person watching the game, my eyes gravitated to him because he looked big, strong, fast. Uh, he was hanging out in the secondary, and and I had to do a little double take, like who is that? And then right when I was doing that, um, I think it was Tuttle. Yeah, I'm almost sure it was that. That yeah, it, it, that first like ball that Tuttle like threw and it sailed, and then Zeke Barry. Uh, you couldn't really see it in the TV broadcast, but but the the amount of ground he had to make up. Um, on that to get that interception that sailed through the air, he just he he jumped through the air, got a nice clean interception, first pick of the game, uh, looking I mean looking like he belongs in that secondary. Zeke Barry, Sheesh. man, I'm excited. Especially like that was the guy that excited me kind of the most, um, which was weird because there were a lot of guys that made plays, but. Um, you know, we t we've talked a little bit about that secondary, and there were some other names like Amarion Walker we expected to 
to see shine. And to, to me, Zeke Barry, when when you get past the obvious starters of Will Johnson, you know, M- Mike Sandra still, and then uh, of there's you know there's a handful of other names. There's those safeties and you know a couple other DBs, but but we thought Amarion Walker would kind of fill in the gaps, but um. I don't know. Maybe we'll, let's talk about that next week. I, I I I said we wouldn't dive into the position group analysis, and then I just unintentionally did it. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that next week. So for our listeners, tune in next week to really get into the nitty gritty. Um, let's move on to a segment that we call "Pump the Brakes," and this is, uh, you know, it's it, it, we can take it a couple different directions, but it just gives us an opportunity to either pump the brakes on something or. Uh, have like a take that the other person can say pump the brakes if they disagree and if if they do that if they disagree and say pump the brakes you might hear a little or if everybody's in agreement on a situation or a take we'll go ahead and just say keep driving so uh matt you got anything uh to pump the brakes about this week yeah i do have a little bit of uh of a take that uh that i've got for you this week mike and you know a lot of good stuff was going around during during the game about uh jack tuttle you know what i mean and nothing to knock the guy he he played his heart out in this in that spring game and got banged up a little bit you know what i mean had to knock the dust off uh definitely pushed some drives forward but, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how this guy is QB2 at this point, uh, being that, you know, he's a senior, um, you know, he's got starting experience, all this stuff. But what I saw uh, yesterday, I don't know is indicative enough of naming him QB2 over guys like Davis Warren, uh, who I just think pushes the ball a little bit better. And, you know, you look at Jack Tuttle's numbers through the game, you know, we didn't really have access, like, red, like readily available access to the stats, like, while they were happening. But, you know, you look at, at his numbers, and he finishes, like, a 50% completion percentage, uh, doesn't have any touchdown passes, throws a pick, you know what I mean? Uh, I, he almost threw another pick, which got, got, well, maybe it wasn't him, but there was another pick that was called back. I'm not sure if it was him or not, but and then thinking further back, like I I looked into his uh his stats prior to this at Indiana and I just don't know uh, it, it's very largely indicative of what we saw in this game, you know, he doesn't put up a ton of a ton of numbers. It was almost John O'Corn like what I saw on the field and even referencing back to his numbers from Indiana. So, I'm just not ready to name uh, Jack Tuttle QB2 just because of his starting experience at this point. I think we've still got guys like uh, Davis Warren and even Alex Orgy, who uh, who put some good stuff on on uh, the tape yesterday as well. So I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit on Jack Tuttle, and I'm going to see if you're going to join me in pumping the brakes a little bit now that I've made my case. I'm going to give you the little car screech sound effect because you you are that was yours because you're pumping the brakes on Jack Tuttle. I am not going to pump the brakes on you pumping the brakes on Jack Tuttle it, quite yet. Um because I I'm in agreement with you uh but I saw some positives. I I I saw some positives. 
I'll admit, um, I know next to nothing about Jack Tuttle. I'm I'm not really uh, dissecting Indiana football film in my free time. I've got better things to do uh, than that. Um, I I am excited about uh, having a quarterback and tight end duo come over from Indiana together. I always I you know feel like that's a good combination. They've probably got some chemistry. They showed a little bit of chemistry in the game. Of course, I'm talking about AJ Barner. Um, what what I liked about Tuttle was he clearly had a little bit of zip on the ball. Um, he was shiftier than I expected, right? He was not um, a pocket passer, which is kind of what I I don't know. Maybe I was just kind of profiling him a little bit. I thought I thought maybe he'd be a, a pocket passer, but he was shifty. They ran a little zone read. <clears throat> But it seemed like the as the new guy in town, he was just trying to do too much, right? Like Davis Warren, Alex Orgy, they 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 know each other. They I, I'm sorry, they know they know their teammates. They know the system. They played in the big house before, so they they both seemed more settled in. Even though they're competing for a job and they want to play well, they seemed really settled in. Um, Jack Tuttle was. A, a little on edge all game just kind of kind of seemed like he was trying to do a little too much and and he paid he paid the price for that effort too because he got blown the fuck up a couple of times uh when he was just probably should have slid and he stayed up and i mean he really got blown up a couple times in in that game so um i'm with you man i'm i i would i would join you saying pump the brakes on Tuttle being the clear-cut number two quarterback. But with that being said, his newness to the system makes me want to just kind of give him a break and give him time to get uh, get acclimated because he's clearly... I mean, he was a team captain at Indiana, so he's clearly got uh, some really positive uh, quarterback attributes. But for now, both of us if you know, are saying, pump the brakes. On Tuttle being the clear cut quarterback, the Tuttle top. Um, let's see here. I've got one for you. So this is a take, and I want to know: Do you pump the uh, you know pump the brakes on this currently or not? Benjamin Hall, who had an outstanding, I mean, just incredibly impressive spring game at the running back position. The guy looked like a little Mike Hart. Blake Corum hybrid. He was patiently following blockers. He he had a couple really big runs, and then there were a couple really tough runs where he was carrying guys in the pile. But I do not believe that Benjamin Hall is going to crack the top four in the depth chart at the running back position. How do you feel about that? I'm going to pump the brakes on you there, my friend. Oh, hold up. And here's why. I mean, the kid is, uh, now l- let me just be clear. Are you, st- are you uh, stating that you don't think that he cracks the, the lineup this year or during his time at Michigan? Oh, this year. This okay. year. That's, that's fair. I mean, I would say the kid's 18 years old. I didn't even know that till till today, but... Um, I mean, it was incredible. Rushed for uh, over 100 yards on 13 carries, I believe it was, 
And for all intents and purposes, uh, the the Michigan was he on the blue team or the maze team? Refresh my memory. Blue, blue. Okay, so yeah. there was some studs along that uh, that maze uh, front seven there. So I mean, like it, he did some impressive things against this uh, Michigan defense or the players that he played against. So. I would argue that uh, he slides into a third running back spot. I'm not completely sold on C.J. Stokes um, and what he did last year against against competitive teams. So, and I hope he proves me wrong this year. You know what I mean? But I know Mike Hart is very high on Ben Hall, and I think that I'm going to pump the brakes on you there. I think at least by halfway through the season, he finds himself into a third string role. All right. Well, you know, I'm rooting for every Michigan player and I and I I will admit he was clearly uh one of the two or three players of the game. I mean, he he was uh, a very pleasant surprise. But that that's a, a little bit of where my take comes from is this is the best running back room in the country by far. You know, uh Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards are clearly one and two or you can even call them 1A and 1B at this point. Right, so he, he, the next guy up is already going to be third on the depth chart. Well, we've seen uh, now for a year and a half. Uh, they are, I think that they're committed to a guy like Khalil Mullings, who has shown some shifty ability to get up and down the field. He's a short yardage back. They like him in goal line situations, and so for me, um, it's a little situational. Like, is he number three or is C.J. Stokes number three? I you know I don't really know it's it's I'm more like it. what it's more like what kind of uh play is it right is it a, is it a fourth and one then it's probably Khalil Mullings is it you know a, a little bit more of a scat back situation than you know it, so it, it's a little different but I'll but, raise you this do- I bet I bet Mullings finishes with more touchdowns uh but I think uh Hall ends the season with more carries than Mullings I'll say See, but that, that's what I'm saying is I don't believe so. I think Benjamin Hall will be fifth or sixth in carries. And I just don't think he's going to see the field much this season. And I think this is one of those situations where um, the spring game can be deceiving, right? Like it, what we saw from Benjamin Hall is really just here's what you can expect in years to come because of Corman Edwards. Um you got a guy like Khalil Mullings and then CJ Stokes, who we 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 know ki- kind of how they're going to be used. Now, now Benjamin Hall could take some CJ Stokes carries. I'll admit that. But don't forget, Isaiah Gash and, and Tavier Dunlap are experienced running backs at this point. So um the, the the one surprise for me was I think you gotta place Benjamin Hall above Cole Cabana at this point. Now that might not be fair for Cole Cabana because he was kind of banged up. He he got in the game briefly uh, yesterday, but he wasn't really featured at all. I, I think that we're ninety percent going to see um, a red shirt for Cole Cabana, maybe for Benjamin Hall as well this season. And if that's the case, then those two guys are just going to be studs in the future when when uh, Donovan and Blake move on. All right, now uh, let's let's move on to our Harbaugh-inspired. This guy right here, and this guy right here. 
this guy right here. Now, this can be about a, a big play or just kind of a player of the game type situation or just anything that gets you hyped. You know, Harbaugh is always giving credit to the players. And so we want to we want to have an opportunity to give some credit uh, to the players. I, I've got a couple of them. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and, and lead off here. Um, I'm going to start with Nakai Hill Green because uh, he he wasn't necessarily like a player of the game or anything like that, but this was a dude that we expected to possibly even start at the linebacker position last season, and then he had a lingering like soft tissue type injury, and he he never he never played last year. Like we didn't even see him, and there were some questions like, would we ever see him play in a Michigan uniform again? And not only did we see him play in the spring game, he made several. Uh, high impact plays. So Nakai Hill Green. This guy right here, and this guy right here. Let's go. All right, Matt, who you got? Hell yeah, I'm a big fan of that pick. You know, I've been uh, wanting to see Nakai Hill Green get back out there and get his share of some game action since he went down with that injury. Uh, obviously, he mysteriously stayed out for for the uh, for all of last year with that lingering injury. So. Glad to see him get back out there. For my, uh, this guy right here, you actually already took him for your sheesh, but I'm going to give it to uh, Zeke Barry. Uh, the man was just playing like out of his mind, possessed yesterday. Uh, grabbed that interception, even snagged another interception. Is It's that one that I was referring to early in the, earlier in the show that ended up getting called back. Uh, I think that he was the one that that apprehended that other interception, but he was just playing some great football yesterday. It was just positionally very sound, so I liked a lot of what I saw out of him uh, yesterday, and I think that there's a high ceiling for him going forward, which is great because didn't know what what the future had for guys like him at the going into this off season. So good to see this guy right here. This guy right here, and this guy right here. Man, I can't wait for Harbaugh to uh, do that again in the postseason uh, interviews this season. Like this, this uh, sound effect is just getting me hyped. Um, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have another one. Uh, I actually have two more since we fire away, my I friend. I mean, yeah, I mean, we might as well, right? I was kind of waiting to see um, who who would come up in the earlier segments, but. I'm Only if I'm allowed to do another one too. <laughs> well, you probably you probably got the, the the one that I wanted. There's a guy that has to be mentioned, and so um, I'll I'll knock mine out first, and then see who you, who you bring up. But I'm going to stay with the linebacker position because we didn't really know what we had in a particular transfer. We thought we knew what we had. Um, it reminds me of that old NFL clip, like they are they are who we thought they were, right? <laughs> like like. Ernest Hausman is who we thought he was. And that is a, he is him. And that is great to see because um, I had a little run in with uh, Junior Colson actually before the the game. Uh, That that made it sound like I got in a fight with him, right? (laughs) I had a little run in with, no, I I, I had a chance to say hi to Junior Colson before the game. And after I got done talking with him, I looked down and realized he had a full cast on his foot. And so, um, I don't know what that's about. He said he's going to be fine. He said he's a little banged up. Of course, Harbaugh uh, m- makes sure that all of his players are very private about their injury status anyway. But 
I can tell you, it was a full-on cast. So Junior Colson, something's going on with him. I'm sure he'll be fine by the time the season starts. But at the linebacker position, seeing Ernest Hausman, the transfer from Nebraska, um, looking as good as he did in that game, and then with Nakai Hill Green back, uh, the experience of, of Michael Barrett, and, and then, of course, Junior Colson, the leading tackler, returning. Uh, we are in, And then Jimmy Rolder, right? Like, we... We are in good shape at the linebacker position. So, Ernest Hausman is... This guy right here, and this guy right here! Heck yeah. All right, you said you got another one. Hell yeah. Fire from the hip. I got an honorable mention for my guy, Alex Orgy. All right, so just... This guy right here, and this guy right here! There you go. Take a look. (laughs) Alex Orgy, four for six on the day through the air. 47 yards... And a tutty. On the ground, Orgy, five carries for 19 yards. So I like what Alex Orgy brings to this team. I don't know how they're going to find a way to use him. I don't know if he is the second or third best quarterback on this roster. You know what I mean? We haven't seen enough to determine that, but I think the guy is just a flat-out athlete. I I hope that they find a way to... uh, to utilize his skill set, whether it be in certain packages like how JJ was used in 2021. You know what I mean? I uh, I just hope that they find some cool stuff to do with a guy like that. But another, this guy right here going to uh, to Alex Orgy for his play and, and getting a touchdown and just being an absolute fucking animal. Dude, Alex Orgy... Um... It's weird. You know what? I'm going to segue. Uh, that wasn't who I was going to pick, but I'll give him, I'll give this other guy props at the end, end of the show here. He's like the most obvious guy, player of the game. We'll get to him. But um, this is a good segue to our what's the deal segment because my what's the deal is about Alex Orgy. Um, and so my, my what's the deal is really um, what is the deal with not letting Alex Orgy air it out more often um it's interesting to me how run centric they are with with alex orgy because uh they let him pass it maybe three times in the game uh yesterday and they were dimes like there was that one in the back of the end zone that was a perfect throw uh was not a completion and then uh he hit it was like a a little gap route on the on the sideline where he he did get a long long throw, which was it was just fantastic. And I I don't know, man. He he kind of seems to have like when we were all getting uh uh unrealistically hyped about uh Joe Mixon, you know, a couple of years ago. Like Alex Orgy kind of has what we wanted Mixon to have, right? Which is like superior athletic ability, a, a large frame ability to run, and then. What I saw from him in the passing game, um, what was really really good. So I, I don't know what's the deal with not letting him air it out more, and and maybe they will. So maybe they'll answer that question. <clears throat> Hell yeah, I love the uh, I love the pro orgy stance a little bit from you. I lo- let it fly, you know. Play that guy. It doesn't have to be in a backup quarterback type role necessarily, but that guy's too athletic to just have him sitting on the bench collecting dust you know what i mean let that guy have some packages and and do some stuff on the football field for my what's the deal 
I've got a question that's on my mind. Peyton O'Leary, Omarion Walker. Is Peyton O'Leary as good as we think he is? Or is Omarion Walker bad or need, not bad, but does he need a little, a lot more work than, uh, than what we've been all expecting uh, the past few weeks through the media hype? What's the deal? Well, there we go. That's a great question. And there's the name that I was just making sure hit the broadcast today. That Peyton O'Leary, uh, player of the game, right? I mean, had to be, you know, with the exception of maybe some linemen or whatever, like he was the skill position player of the game, without a doubt. Um, now, it's interesting when you when you have a Michigan on Michigan matchup, right? Like I, I, I saw somebody tweeting earlier today, like, oh, we got to fix these turnovers. That's how you lose like this. That's terrible. And I tweeted back at this guy and I was like, well, actually, we were forcing turnovers and that's how you win. Right. It's the Glass irony, full, buddy. it's the irony of a Michigan versus Michigan matchup is like everything is good and everything is bad. Um, I think the matchup that you just highlighted epitomizes that exactly, right? Uh, Amarion Walker was getting worked. He was like interfering every play. The refs weren't even calling it. He he was interfering so much they didn't even call all of them. And Peyton O'Leary is like, was like freaking Randy Moss out there. And and so the question... (laughs) The question is, like, is Peyton O'Leary really that good, or is Amarion Walker, uh, you know, lacking uh, at the at the defensive back position? I think it's a combination of both, right? Uh, Mike Sandra still is giving us unrealistic expectations about jumping from offense to defense. Amarion Walker is looking a little bit more like you would expect a guy to look. Um, that doesn't mean that he's not going to be as good as Mike Sandra still. It just means that that. It's a little bit more of the normal uh, learning development uh, from from making that jump. And we got to remember, Mike Sanders still got a lot of snaps and catches on offense the year before. So he was already very, he was an experienced player at that point. Amarion Walker is not really an experienced player. Um, but man, he's got a lot of work to do. Just based on based on what we saw in the spring game, he's got a lot of work to do, but being the glass half full guy that I am, I, I'm going to go ahead and lean towards uh, Peyton O'Leary being a badass because, you know, a little different than um, than the Benjamin Hall discussion. Like I, somebody's got to step up at at receiver, and you and I have are on the record uh, with a, a running bet between. Darius Clemens and Tyler Morris because they're they're kind of the two sophomore wide receivers that everybody's wondering like who's going to step up and get the carries and uh by the way we've never solidified that bet what do you want to do uh, catches touchdowns and receiving yards whichever guy leads in at least two out of the three categories yeah I'm uh I'm cozy with that what All are right, we so what I'm, are we betting what are the what's the wager here I've got Darius Clemens, you've got Tyler Morris. I almost said Darius Morris. That's a Michigan basketball player. That's not that's not right. Um I don't know. What should we uh what should we make the loser do? I don't know. Nothing nothing one. sick and twisted like an Ohio State shirt or anything like that. Like that would be t- that would the stakes would be too high at that point. Um 
I tell you what, let's the bet is on the record. Um, if anybody listening wants to give us any ideas of what what Matt and I should wager, we've got some time before the season kicks off. We'll we'll definitely get the terms of our bet together. But Tyler that Morris said, Nation, I want to hear from you. Did he even play? Did Tyler Morris play yesterday? I don't think he did. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't see him. I I I, I don't know. Um, but okay, that was a long tan tangent way of of getting to my point which is we expected it to be one of those two guys and Peyton O'Leary uh came out of nowhere and just and and actually I I'm going to give you credit Matt for Peyton O'Leary because I feel like you either d- drafted him onto your spring team or mentioned him or yeah I know you've had a little bit of Peyton O'Leary love in the past did you draft him during, when we did our draft I can't remember I don't. I didn't draft him, but he was an honorable, uh, honorable mention of mine. You know how we love the honorable mentions. But uh, I had heard a lot of good things about him at Mason Brew. Um, there was a few articles being published about him, and obviously a lot of buzz from from some of the other guys, teammates, and stuff like that. So this wasn't new. You know, I really hope it it continues because he was looking looking great i hope it's not just a shortage of of omari on walker talent that made him look uh as good as he was because he was certainly looking very dominant and uh and and i'm gonna say that it wasn't i think that the kid can ball and i hope that he gets some time i mean i'm gonna go ahead and just say it's him and he can ball because of the types of situations that we saw o'leary made multiple catches with with Walker mostly, but guys like literally hanging off of him, right? It wasn't like it was all just blown coverages where you're like, oh, that's that's the defense, right? But like he had guys hanging on him and he was making plays in clutch situations. Now, granted, it's the spring game, but they were about as clutch as you could get, right? The two point conversion at the end of the spring game. So the Irishman, Peyton O'Leary, I'm not going to do an Irish accent. I'm not going to embarrass myself (laughs) at this point, but, but, uh, the Irishman. I don't even know if he's Irish. He just sounds Irish. So that's going to be my nickname for him. But uh, yeah, he he's absolutely the man. And I've got one more what's the deal before we move on from here. Uh, Michigan equipment managers. I know it's the spring game and, and I love, you know, you guys are the unsung heroes and you guys do a lot of really great things. But Matt, did you notice there were letters just peeling off of these guys' jerseys during the game? Like, come on, man. Like, we got recruits in town. We're the University of Michigan. We got the most iconic uniform in all of sports. And and I'm trying to figure out where Isaiah Stewart's at on the field. Or, I'm sorry, Josiah Stewart. And And really, it's Josiah Stewart? Yeah, or it just said stew or something. You know, I'm just like, what? Like, what are we looking at, man? There's like multiple letters. Uh, and Amarion Walker, the A was just peeling off of his jersey, but uh, that one is more understandable because that was probably <laughs> the 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 wind from Peyton O'Leary that uh, took it off of his back. But <laughs> I don't <laughs> Michigan know. It equipment, was, it was pretty disgraceful, honestly. Now that you mentioned something, I'm glad that you brought that to light because they were they were just getting torn off for any old thing it seemed like out there every single guy was missing at least one letter well you know it might just be because we were playing ourselves because we were playing michigan and that's just such a tough matchup that the the 
words were peeling off of the jerseys. There's no no way in hell an Ohio State player could get those letters to come off. You know what I mean? That's right. I've got a pretty good uh, would you rather regarding the topic that we were just uh, talking about prior to the letter peeling, if you're cool with that. Man, excellent segue. That's how you cut me off from rambling too much. Just go to the next segment. I love it, Matt. What do you have? So for any of our listeners that don't know, we uh, do a segment called Would You Rather, where we obviously examine alternate scenarios. And uh, with Omarion Walker's um, progression in question a little bit, I would want to ask, would you rather start... Not start, but garner some of those minutes to Jair Hill or Jaden McBurrows, who both showed some flashes in that spring game yesterday. You know, Jair Hill, obviously he's a, he's a freshman, but he turned some heads yesterday. He made some plays, uh, and I think that uh, that, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I know that they really want Walker to be the next guy uh, coming in that's really talented at that position once they get him coached up to be there. But I think Jair Hill and uh, and even Jaden McBurrows, you know, showed some flashes of of uh, some starting potential at that spot. So I would say, would you rather start Omarion Walker, Jair Hill, or Jaden McBurrows at the cornerback two position going into the regular season, given what we've seen today. To me, out of, <laughs> to me, out of those three guys, Jaden McBurrows is, is the one that's ready. Um, Jair Hill is going to be, he's going to be great. No, no doubt about it. He's going to be great. And he, he's probably going to be one of those guys that we see like I'm not going to put him in like a Will Johnson category of progression, but but similar to how we saw Will Johnson begin to impact games and even take a starting position later in the year, I think Jair Hill is going to have a little bit more of that style of trajectory. But if we're talking about like we're suiting up tomorrow, um, based on what I saw in that spring game, um, Jaden McBurrows is is the guy that's ready. Um, which I'm excited, you know, I'm excited about, right? Like it, the the only reason we said his name last year was because he was getting walloped over the head with a helmet. Um, so it's it's good to see some good news surrounding Jaden McBurrows. I I thought he played a great game. Let me let me uh pass that back to you. What what do you think? I mean, Amarion Walker has been the talk of the town, uh, but I I think we uh we all need to pump the brakes on our expectations around that just based on his current development. Uh, absolutely. And my biggest fear, you know, I'm certainly like not trashing Omarion Walker by any means. The kid just started playing defense. We're at the right. spring game. So he's still got plenty of time to uh, to uh, take his skills, uh, his just football skills that he has in general and l- learn to master his craft in that area. And I'll take none of that away from him. But based off of a talent measurement of of comfortability comfortability of how I saw McBurrows and Jair Hill manage that position, I'd say either of those two guys are both ready to take that that mantle at this point and maybe deserve some snaps ahead of, of Walker up to this point. I'd say invest in, in either of those two gentlemen with the talent that I've seen and try to 
try to mold that while you're trying to turn Walker into this beast as well. But uh, I would say, honestly, Jire Hill. I like his measurements. Uh, I like the idea of having him for a long time at that position. Um, obviously, he's still very young. I think that, I, but I think this schedule is built for taking a young guy such as uh, Jire Hill's caliber and letting him progress through this favorable schedule that the Wolverines have this year and see what kind of player he can become by the time we get to some of those bigger games. You know what I mean? McBurrows, I also like him a lot. Uh, I I think his measurables are a little bit uh, concerning just because he's built more like a linebacker almost. You know, he's uh, he. I think he's like the second heaviest, um, the second heaviest uh, DB on the team, right behind RJ Moten. Or not on the team, but yeah, the second is he really? Yeah, the second heaviest DB Man. on the team. I believe he weighs in right under. 210, I think, if I'm not mistaken. You're talking about McBurrows, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, and, he uh, look, he's, he, he's five. To me, he always looked, he looks kind of, he looked kind of like, not scrawny, but he looked kind of lanky to me. Maybe that's because he's, he's kind of tall. Yeah. He's about 5'11, uh, 208, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I might be off by a couple there, but I know that his frame is a little bit not like uh, some of, um, some of the other great DBs that have come through here. So I don't know, but the kid plays very aggressively. Obviously, he's got a lot of potential, but I think either of those two, honestly, up to this point, is who you should invest primarily a lot of your time in leading up to this season and just take what you have with that favorable schedule and just progress through the regular season. You know, no need to to try to reach and and all this stuff if a kid's not ready again not saying if that's what it is but don't invest too much time you know the cornerback two spot is a very uh very needful position that uh needs to be taken Mm -hmm. care of so well marion walker there's no doubt we're going to need him right because there might be some other guys that are looking better at this time but uh his athleticism is is going to be necessary on the defensive side of the ball. And I, I almost think that's why that move was made because teams like Ohio State currently are still landing NFL caliber wide receivers, you know, and, and I don't care how good, uh, you know, and this is no slight to Jaden McBurrows. I don't care how good he is. If you're just physically not fast enough and quick enough to keep up with, you know, a Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba kind of a guy, then you just, you really just don't stand of a chance. You don't stand a chance. It's a a defensive schematics might be able to help a little bit, but if Amarion Walker gets to the point in his development to where he can be trusted a little bit more and he's a little bit more comfortable, uh, we've seen the quickness, right? Our our friend Clayton Safey posted uh, that three cone drill that dropped everybody's jaw of Amarion Walker just uh, absolutely obliterating that drill. Uh, he, he looked like the fastest player on the team. And so um, I'm with you. That's a long-term investment, higher ceiling kind of a pick. Um, I've got a, a, a would you rather for you, and this is a fun one. Um, we saw both of these guys excel in the spring game. And I, I'm wondering, who would you rather see get significant game action this season? 
Peyton O'Leary at the wide receiver position or Benjamin Hall at the running back position? Who would you rather see get significant game action? You know, that one is uh, tough for me. When you said O'Leary's name, initially I clung to that because I want to see O'Leary play. I think that he's... He definitely needs to be a, a, cons- a strong consideration for that third wide receiver spot in between Cornelius and Roman. But I also really like Benjamin Hall because uh, we need to start grooming uh, some of these these backs because I think uh, Blake, Donovan, both gone after this year. You know what I mean? So for me, I'm looking at who do we have behind that. I mean, obviously, we've got uh, Cole Cabana coming in, uh, Benjamin Hall coming in. Uh, We've got Leon Franklin, CJ Stokes, Khalil Mullings, you know what I mean? But who's going to be the guys? Because those are two massive holes to fill. So for me, I'm thinking in the future, uh, get, get some of these running backs we got in the stable going in a primary, primarily comfortable role for them where they're the third third running back and uh, and getting a lot of run, and they know that they're going to get a lot of run next year as well. So I'm all in favor of getting getting Benjamin Hall or really whoever they decide is their third running back more carries, but I also want to see Peyton O'Leary ball the hell out like he did yesterday. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a tough one, right? I my slight preference is just get JJ as many weapons as you can because the wide receiver position, the nature of it, you can have more guys excel at that position typically. You got to spread the ball around a little bit. After Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson, we don't really know if AJ Henning is going to get a lot of uh route running, you know, a lot of snaps running routes and um the the thing that makes me consider Benjamin Hall is is the fact that Colston Loveland is there as a a very clear third option for JJ maybe first or second option we don't even really know um and and we'll get into this next week the tight end room looks really good um we haven't even talked about Hibner uh who looks really good he got he got tripped up by the turf monster but damn near had a touchdown um off of a really good uh, receiving play and and then AJ Barner uh, so but I'm I'm talking myself in circles now that my initial reaction is really Peyton O'Leary I th- I think having another receiver this season is going to be more important but down the road Benjamin Hall just looks like a Mike Hart uh player right a co- coach Hart is starting to have an identity as a coach and Benjamin Hall fits that identity like run running behind the zone blockers patient runner gritty uh low to the ground i mean he he really looks like one of those guys that can excel so i'm excited about both can you imagine uh when this uh when this incoming season kicks off peyton o'leary cornelius johnson roman wilson colston loveland AJ Barner all lining up at the line of scrimmage for uh, for JJ to throw to. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a damn show. I mean, these guys are some weapons. AJ Barner, uh, shout out to him. I've talked a lot of shit about him 
the last few weeks he showed out a little bit, so that was cool to see. But I just think that this offense is just loaded uh, with weapons this year of all different shapes and sizes. You know, uh, Roman Wilson and and Cornelius and Peyton O'Leary. I don't know what's in store for him or the third wide receiver spot, but it's just it's really exciting to uh, to think about and. I know there's a lot of steam going and a lot of hype about this team, and it's difficult not to get carried away in it. But, I mean, when you look at this team from top to bottom, it's just very exciting stuff happening for the Michigan Wolverines. It's an exciting time to be a Michigan Wolverine. That I mean, that is true. We realistically have a, a shot at a, a national championship, an undefeated season. But, I, I you know, I, it almost makes me nervous how much – People are talking about that. I, you know, I really just want to take it one game at a time and make sure we don't walk into any trap game situations because the 12 team playoff, unfortunately, doesn't start yet. I'm looking forward to that because that will, that will give all teams, but a team like Michigan, just a little bit more wiggle room in the regular season, right? Like, what if they get tripped up? And, you know, we saw like the Illinois game last year. Like, that really, that could have been just like a surprisingly, like, devastating game but with a 12 team playoff a lot of bigger schools like you you can have a game like that and still still win the national championship so i think that'll be exciting but this season as excited as i am and as optimistic as i am i'm i'm looking for you know who do we play week one east carolina or unlv i'm I'm just looking to i'm just looking to take take it one game at a time so um all right man it for those of you uh meatheads that want to talk about the big boys and the offensive linemen and all that um don't worry we're gonna we're gonna dive into that next next week we'll do our positional breakdown do a little depth chart analysis take some guesses about what we think some starting lineups and rotations will look like and so we'll look at all of those guys um let's wrap up the show talking about basketball um a little bit of surprising good news came down the pipeline uh, this week, we already knew Jet Howard was leaving for the NBA, and uh, his position was quickly filled up on the wing with a guy that is uh, uh, he was highly recruited out of high school, hasn't played played too too well um, so far in his first two years in college basketball. But Namari Burnett or Burnett, um, I still haven't heard his name said out loud, so I think it's Burnett. But Namari um, committed to Michigan from the transfer portal from uh, Alabama. Um, you know, his stats were not crazy impressive, but let's keep in mind, this guy's a McDonald's All-American, and we've seen a guy like Kobe Bufkin, um, the progression from freshman year to sophomore year. So I, I, I actually believe that um, Namari will start immediately. Um, actually, I, I know he will now based on, based on some of these other moves. And, of course, I'm referencing... Uh, Earlier today, Kobe Bufkin declared for the NFL draft, and that's like a a dagger to the heart of all Michigan fans because it's always just going to be like, what if, you know? What if we had one more year of Kobe? Or what if uh, we could get into March with a guy like Kobe Bufkin? I love him. I think he's going to be fantastic in the NBA. No hard feelings. I'm just sad to see him go. Um, and then the major curveball that hit earlier this week Hunter Dickinson didn't declare for the NBA draft. Hunter Dickinson hit the transfer portal 
Matt, I've got to get your reaction on this. Um, any ideas of of what's going on with Hunter Dickinson? Why, why where he's going to go? Uh, what, what, you know, how are you feeling about this? Oh man, you know it. Uh, it hurts a little bit, you know, just because uh, Hunter was obviously a big part of Michigan's scoring production over the last, uh, over his really his entire time while he was. Here in Ann Arbor, uh, he was a big part of what they did offensively. I personally am not uh, crushed by it from a fan perspective, just because clearly uh, how this team was structured to look with him at the epicenter was just not getting us anywhere. So I, for one, uh, can't say whether or not this all of this stuff that's happening with the Michigan basketball program falls on Jawan Howard just yet, uh, but you know what I can say is we're going to get the chance to see uh, following Hunter Dickinson's departure. You know what I mean. Whereas if Hunter stayed, I honestly just think it would be more of a, a repeat of what we saw this year, and that's just you know the way that I see it. So I'm uh, I'm bummed that he leaves. I'm excited to to see what we can become in the post-Hunter Dickinson uh, era. And another notable thing that's happened, really since we've been on this podcast that came out news-wise, was uh, Michigan. Jawan Howard has reached out to uh, Chris Ledlam out of Harvard University. Uh, Pretty impressive numbers on this kid. Uh, Average 18.8 points per game, uh, 8.5 rebounds, and and 1.6 assists at at harvard so that's pretty impressive there uh i i would definitely definitely take that especially after this kobe news yeah interesting Jawan goes to the ivy league once again right like we've seen this many times now uh mike smith who was probably the most successful guy uh from the ivy league Jalen llewellyn uh is princeton uh i believe Devonte Jones was an Ivy League guy as well. I'm trying to, off the top of my head, I can't remember exactly what school, but uh, Devonte came from over there as well. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see. The guy I got my eyes on now that Hunter's gone is uh, BJ Mack um, out of Wofford. Um, big fella, looks like he could compliment Terrace Reed down low. Um, but man, as far as the Hunter Dickinson transfer goes, I was, I was. Uh, extremely surprised i thought it made the most sense for him to come back um i i don't think that this is necessarily uh indicative of a culture issue at michigan i know the fans like to go crazy on social media even some of the players piped in and you know kids will be kids so there there's like a little bit of that going on but i think hunter just wants to play in the nba and I believe he was at the best place. I mean, Jawan Howard played Hunter Dickinson's position for 20 years in the NBA. Like Hunter Dickinson is in the right place for that to happen. But I think Hunter just started to think the, like, the, the league is not interested in me. I have to change something. That, uh, to, me, that, to me, that's what happened. I, maybe I'm wrong and maybe there was a, a personality issue or... A lot of people are like, well, Hunter wants to win and they're not surrounding him with guys to win. Like, There might be a little bit of that, 
like uh, of course with Kobe and Jet leaving, Hunter might be looking around at the team like, eh, I don't know, I, maybe I have a better chance to win elsewhere. But I don't think that's what it is. I I think it's solely related to uh, his ability to to go pro. I think he says I I got one more year. It's my senior season. What I'm doing at Michigan is not working. Um, let me see where I can go to maybe improve my draft stock. Uh, that's my guess. Um, but I don't drink anymore, but I've, I've, I've drunk, I've drunk plenty of drinks in my life. And so I, I'm, I'm very clear on what it feels like. And, and what the Hunter Dickinson announcement was like to me was a, was like a punch in the face. But luckily I had that smooth, warm drink of Jaden Davis right before the announcement came out. It was like, it was like a nice big old glass of like whiskey and Coke. Right. And so I was, I, and you know, when, when you just down to whiskey and Coke, getting punched in the face really isn't that bad. And so that's what, that's what happened to me, man. I was, I was, uh, intoxicated on the Jaden Davis announcement. And then they were like, Hunter Dickinson just transferred. And I was like, ah, <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> like, all right, I guess we'll, uh, just see where that goes. It was probably honestly more like you just got done taking like a celebratory uh, Jack and Coke in a bar and then like a woman walks in and like slaps you across the face for no reason. I would say uh-huh. it was probably more like a woman slapping me in the face. I don't know if I'll, I'll give him the satisfaction that Hunter Dickinson punched me in the face because I'm still a little <laughs> bit salty with him. But, uh, you know, another thing that you can maybe speculate is that it might have been NIL related. Obviously, Hunter's been outspoken about his uh, his uh, lack of appreciation for the NIL structure at at Michigan during his time there. So, you know, really, at the end of the day, there's no telling what it is at this point. I'm sure he'll come out on his podcast and definitely air the dirty laundry once he's uh he's gotten within or gotten far enough uh, out of hearing distance from ann arbor but we'll see man i mean uh it's it's a bummer but I'll, i'm excited to see what the team can become whenever they whenever they can see what else they can uh they can get this team to turn into well Hopefully, uh, we'll land a couple guys in the transfer portal. I know we're we're knocking on doors and and uh, trying to find a few guys to fill the slots uh, a little bit. But uh, you know, it, it's it's good news for football, and and football season is comes around before basketball season. So I'll choose to focus on that at this time. Um, where can people find you on social media? They can find me on my main Twitter handle at Maze Crusader. Uh, also any of the great content that, uh, that me and my guys are putting out at Maze and Brew, uh, you can find them on their Twitter handle at Maze and Brew or, uh, their website of mazeandbrew.com or, uh, follow us or me for any of the, the Frozen Four action this week. Your boy will be in attendance watching the Michigan hockey team bring home, uh, glory and uh and another championship hopefully this week for the university of michigan to add to its trophy case dude i forgot to tell you uh guess who i met in in ann arbor and and talked with a little bit and he was the nicest guy uh trevor woods from mason brew 
uh, stopped and talked to me, and I told him I knew you and Andy and Jared, and uh, he was just he was just incredibly pres- uh, pleasant and professional and nice, and I kind of picked his brain a little bit about Mason Brew, which was cool. And then um, shortly after that, I ran into uh, Josh Henschke of of uh, Rivals, so. It was it was fun, man. But getting to meet Trevor was cool because, uh, you know, I know you you do a lot of really good work with Mason Brew, and and uh, we're close with a lot of the Kellen and you know all all those guys over there doing doing good stuff. Absolutely, and Trevor's been uh, he's been putting out a lot of incredible content. Obviously, he was with you there, uh, front and center uh, there for the pep rally and the game. So I know he's been just like dumping out articles. So. If anyone's looking to binge read on uh, on what happened during the spring game or any of that stuff, I know he's already put out like uh, ten articles in the last twenty four hours. So uh, give it give it a look if you're looking to uh, read up on some stuff. And guys, you can find me at my website wolverinechronicle.com, Also on Twitter at Wolverine Cron. Uh, you can also look up YouTube, TikTok, Facebook. I got all that stuff. Um, thank you so much. We'll, we'll go ahead and uh, see you guys next week with a positional breakdown and an in-depth look at the Michigan football team following spring ball. Matt, good to see you as always, buddy. You stay safe this week and, and I'll talk to you soon. As always, go blue. Go blue.